This is Kathleen McGee, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast, my favorite podcast. It's the best podcast. Looking for the perfect hassle-free gift? Give the gift of laughter. Visit yuckyucks.com to purchase and print gift certificates instantly. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What is up, my little yucca maniacs? It is your lovely host, the hostess with the mostest, Jig Hirsch. How are you? How is everybody doing out there tonight? It's going wonderful, wonderful for me. I am still riding a high from the weekend. Uh, actually, uh, it was just before the weekend. Had a uh, fantastic experience in the great city of Calgary. Um, good friend of mine, Miss Kathleen McGee, who you guys know on the show. Recently opened for Mr. Russell Peters. Yes, Mr. Russell Peters, everybody. The good old-fashioned Yuck Yuck alumni. Yes, Kathleen McGee, who we've had on the show. You guys just heard her interview a short time ago. Uh, got to open for Russell. They are good friends. Uh, they go way back. And uh, he's been very supportive of her career and asked her to come out and do the show uh, here in Calgary. Uh, the show was unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. She uh, went out to a uh, sold-out crowd, and and what an amazing coveted spot the opening act is for Russell Peters. There's not like two or three comics. There's one opener, and uh, Russell sits backstage and watches on the monitor how they do. I mean, like literally right behind the curtain. Uh, I had the fortune of going out on stage and actually doing a little bit of video work uh, for Kathleen's set, which was really cool, helping her out uh, with some website stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it's just been, uh, it was an awesome experience. So getting to hang back at a big show like this was quite the experience. And the food was great. Let me just uh, put that out there. Didn't have a lot to eat, but from what I did have, it was unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, we basically go into the back of the uh, Gray Eagle Casino and, uh, it's about a, I think it's about a 2,500 uh, seater uh, venue and a very nice place, by the way. And um, yeah, I got to hang out backstage and, and hang out with uh, with Russell Peters' crew. Uh, and he's got a big crew, ladies and gentlemen. He travels with quite the posse, uh, quite the entourage. And everybody's got their own job. Everyone kind of knows what they're doing. And uh, yeah, he rolls with a big crew and really, really nice guys. Everyone was super nice, including his brother. Uh, awesome guy. Awesome guy. And, um, man, just funny, 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 funny. He actually ended up doing an hour and 45 minutes set on stage. Absolutely incredible. Um, I've seen some shows where, you know, headliners will go up for quite a while. Uh, if you had bought a ticket to his, uh, to his last tour here, uh, you definitely got your money's worth hour, 45 minutes set. Uh, like I said, Kathleen opened the show, did amazing, knocked it out of the park. Uh, from what I understand both nights and, um, 
just did really, really well. The, 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 the fans responded, uh, very, very positively to her. It was funny right before she went on stage, I took a screenshot of her Twitter just to see how many followers she had. And you know, if she picked up a lot of new fans from the show, uh, I just remembered seeing it the other day on my camera roll. She picked up like 30 something new followers on Facebook, which is pretty impressive. You know, the course of uh, one show can do that much. You can get 30 to 40 new fans of your work. It's pretty incredible. Uh, if you're not taking advantage of social media out there, I suggest you do if you want to get your name out there. And it's it's a free platform. Might as well use it. I don't, uh, I'm not a huge fan of Twitter, but um, I find that a lot of people have it and a lot of people stay connected with it. Um, anyway, on to the rest of the show. I got to hang out with Russell. We hung out backstage. We went uh, for a drink after. I uh, got to bullshit with him a bit about his time at Yuck Yucks and, uh, you know, when he was coming up uh, as a young comic. Uh, we talked about some of the alumni of uh, the Yuck Yucks uh, crew. He was asking, oh, is so-and-so still doing comedy and what is so-and-so up to? Very, uh, very interested in, 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 you know, a lot of the people that he used to work with back in the day. He was telling me stories about when he first started out and it was uh, just a real, real incredible honor and uh, real amazing experience to be able to hang out with someone like uh, someone like Russell Peters. Um and the one thing I really do like as well uh, is that he does seem to really give back, uh, give a hand up to a lot of people, uh, you know, looking to break out into their careers and to get a name for themselves. And he doesn't have to do that. In fact, a lot of people, guys like Kevin Hart, you know, guys who were just massive, massive sellout crowds, uh, you know, uh, Louis C.K., uh, Dane Cook, these types of guys, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, they have a opener with them. They usually travel with openers. They've got a guy they're going on tour with, and that way they don't have to worry about the local talent. They don't have to worry about someone they haven't, you know, seen perform before and all this type of stuff. But not Russell Peters. Russell Peters is the type of guy to, uh, you know, to really give a hand out and a hand up, and I think that's really cool. I really admire that about him is that he doesn't forget his roots. So uh, great experience hanging out there. And if you have a chance to go see uh, Kathleen McGee, I think she's wrapping up a tour uh, right now, and then she's back to Vancouver, and of course Russell Peters. Oh man, check his schedule. He's just yeah, he lives like a rock star life. So I'm not sure where he is at any given time. Uh, on to today's show, though, we have the very elusive, and the reason why I say elusive is because we tried to nail down an interview. Uh, we tried to sit down and coordinate this talk for like it took like two weeks, but it was worth the wait. My guest today is the ever so hilarious Mr. Graham K. Uh, Graham is a Canadian guy. And had uh, recently gone down to Los Angeles. Uh, I shouldn't say recently. He's been down there for a while. And, and he's uh, he's doing really, really well. He's uh, he's a really funny guy. <laughs> You'll hear in the interview, very sarcastic, very witty. Uh, and uh, you can see why he's got so much accolades and, and has done very, very well for himself uh, on the comedy circuit. I really like his attitude. Uh, about uh, you know going about comedy and really never seeing any true barriers to your career that you can't overcome. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, you know how he got started in the business and you know where he would ultimately like to be. It's a great interview. I hope you guys stick around and listen to the whole thing. Uh, it was definitely worth the wait. Graham K, our guest today. In the meantime, in the meantime, we've got some great shows coming up fascinating interviews. I'm telling you guys right now, uh, last week was amazing. It was uh, Patrick Coppolino uh, who rocked it. I got a lot of great feedback about his uh, appearance on the show. And hey, like I said, we're still working on this live podcast. Uh, and, and I really would hope that a lot of people uh, would come out. I think we would sell out the club. I think uh, we kind of did something fun, maybe a panel interview 
kind of like the old Strombo show or something like that, where we bring three comedians out and, and uh, you know, the locals get to know who they are and get some of their viewpoints and, and, you know, funny bits on the news and all that type of stuff. Or we can just do interview style. I'm easy, baby. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you guys want to do, I will do it. In the meantime, as I said again, let's go talk to Mr. Graham K. on the street <laughs> yep i'm in culver city oh in culver and, city okay uh, okay and uh yeah i'm might be moving to i will be moving to the east side in uh december oh good stuff good stuff like los Feliz or something yo okay okay so a little bit uh, a little bit I'm further apartment east hunting of the right now oh are you well it gets a little it gets a little more expensive just uh you know west of the uh, 405 there because you're right by where, like the I-10 and the 405, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm, that's definitely where I am. Pretty close, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. let's start back from the beginning, man. Uh, well, I got you. What, like, you're you're what? You're a Canadian guy, right? You're like an Ottawa kid, right? Ontario. Um, yeah, born and raised in Ottawa. Wow. <laughs> um, born and raised in Ottawa, and then uh, uh, left when I was 17 to go play hockey in Saskatchewan. Wow. And then um, that, then I then I went from Saskatchewan to um, uh, Acadia University in Nova Scotia to play football there, <clears throat> and then I hurt my leg, and I couldn't play football, and I didn't really like, I don't know, I didn't really like living in a small town anymore, so I moved to Dalhousie University in Halifax, finished up there. Wow. And then um, then I went to work for the Canadian government in Budapest, Hungary, after school. And then <clears throat> after that, I saved some money and traveled with a buddy in Central America. And then after that, while well, I was on a trip in Central America, I, I got like an email about a job in New York. Um, <laughs> Doing what? <laughs> working, at, working at a summer camp. No way. And uh, so I worked at a summer camp in, in like upstate, like New York, like 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 a like an hour long train train ride. That's where all the rich kids are. Like, yeah, exactly. And I would, my job was to organize a rich Jewish summer camp, like do logistics. Because the job I had in Budapest was logistics, <laughs> oh, but really? I'm not good at logistics. Right. Yeah. I don't like clearly. It, <laughs> it took a long time for you to talk to me because I, I, I can't to... organize anything. <laughs> well, I'm glad you and, got to do it professionally, man. That's <laughs> yeah. I sent. I got fired because I sent a kid to the wrong country. <laughs> yeah. get, get out of town, man. 
That yeah, is... I sent I sent some little little Jewish kid to Italy, and he's supposed to go to France. That <laughs> <laughs> fired me. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's and not just I a clerical error. I there. saved to, to to do comedy in in New York for a little while. What a crazy backstory! Open mics there. What a crazy backstory! So you you played some hockey. So obviously you're a big big sports guy. You played you played hockey, and then and it sounds like you played yep. for like the Axemen, then right? Yeah, I played football for them. For, but not, not only, I, I didn't even make it through uh, the first game before I, I tore my hip flexor. Oh, man. And I, I was sort of injured coming in coming in right. to, the, to the the first training camp, and then I just couldn't play. So that, that's the re, the only reason why I was there Yeah, was to play football. That's crazy, man. So, I was just out there like yeah. a couple months ago. And um, yeah. my daughter was, uh, you know, checking out universities, and yeah, we went, to, we checked out mm-hmm. uh, Acadia, we went to Dalhousie. Man, just both beautiful places. And and and, and Dalhousie, amazing. man, They're looks all, like such a cool I mean, spot. Like it looks like uh, it looks like kind of a party vibe there a little bit, but uh, it looks like a really cool one? cool spot, Dalhousie. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a. I mean, it's it's a nice balance, right? I found. Wow. But it's definitely like if you want to party, you can party. And if you want to work, you, there's, a, there's a big work atmosphere there. There's yeah. a lot of people working really hard. You that's know, crazy, I, man. I, I, I spent a lot of time in that library. That's, that's crazy, man. So, so like, were but you I always, uh, yeah, I mean, like, were you always into comedy growing up or, or like, was that just something? Yeah. That I you... love, I love comedy. I, I always wanted to do stand up comedy. It was like my dream. Right. Since I was like, you know, a kid. I mean, I didn't. It wasn't really my dream, but I knew I loved it, and I didn't really understand that you could be a comedian. Right. And then until I was like fourteen or so, thirteen or fourteen, and I was, and I remember just like walking my dog around the block and thinking, like, what, what I want to do? I'm getting, I'm starting to become an adult. Like, I'm being an adult in a few years. I have no idea. And I was right. like, I, if I had my druthers. I'd be a comedian, but that's not. So I just didn't really think about it. Right. And then when I was at Dalhousie, there was this I comic. I wish I still had the the flyer but this comic i i i think he was like a toronto guy who moved out there and there was no comedy scene so he tried to create one and he he put out all these flyers on like all like the library the student library right like like you learn comedy from joe jimson or whatever the hell his name was you know and then you know caricature of his face like i'm sure he was like i'm sure he was like the biggest hack in the world but it didn't, it didn't matter I, I i i held on to that thing for two years and never called him up or anything. No, way. <laughs> I looked. I looked at it like every day. I was like, yeah, I like start comedy. <laughs> it just and I never. Like, nah, I got an exam and I want to get drunk with my friends. <laughs> you know, it's like. Were your friends like pressuring you? By oh man, you got to get up there. Like you got to do this. Mm-hmm. No, no, no one ever. <clears throat> and I was always funny. Uh, my buddy and I in college, we used to make videos like before YouTube. I feel like I'm 50. Right. It's like one year, but one year, literally one year before YouTube is when I went to university. <laughs> and, and it, it would have helped. It would have helped so much like just have someone to post it. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 it, and it's like, we used to make videos and stuff and, and we were like the funny guys. Right. So that's crazy, man. And so, so tell me yeah. about your first time. Like when, when you went up there on, it was like an amateur night type of a thing and, and you just went up there and gave it a shot. Yeah, I went to, um, I went to, I was in between, 
I think I was actually no, it was I was yeah, I was in I was in university. I I was it was in summer. Summer like in between second or third year, I don't know. Right. I might have, it doesn't matter. I was, I was in Ottawa and I was twenty, and I remember being like, okay, I gotta do this. And my girlfriend at the time was living in Ottawa. She was an Ottawa girl, and she was like, you know. You know, if you can do this, and I was like, yeah, I really want to do it. And I was so nervous. I didn't want anyone to be there because I knew I could fail. Right. And, you know, people always want, like, I don't understand these new comics who ever done it. They like, want to invite their family and, friends. and their friends. And stuff. I, was like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine anything worse. <laughs> and so I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want anyone to see it. And um, I didn't tell her about it. Right. And I went to go, to, go to uh, you know, because in Ottawa at the time, you'd have to, you'd have to call the first Wednesday of the month. Right. Or Tuesday of the month at ten o'clock exactly, <laughs> and you couldn't get through because it was like so many people were calling. Right, and so you call, you call, and just press redial. And I remember I, I could never get through because I never had a phone with a redial button. But I was working a summer job that had a redial button. <laughs> right, so I just kept cranking the redial until I got through. And they're like, "Okay, um, you can do the third Wednesday of this month. Uh, uh, take it or leave it. Bye." And um, <laughs> And then I didn't tell my girlfriend that I got it or anything like that. And I, I, I went to do the show, and I was and I, and I got there. And I had checked out the show, the Aventure Night shows before at the Ottawa Yuck Yucks, and they were like sparse. You know, there right. a lot of people, which is what I wanted. I only wanted like ten people. Yeah. And I got there, and it was like college night, and it was like everybody my age, and it was packed to the gills, and there was so many people, and so many like I don't know. It was just intimidating, and I and I I had. I don't know how many hot material I had and I thought I had like 10 minutes, but you know, you really have like 10, right. you really have like five. I got on stage and everything did horrible. Like the first, <laughs> the, I remember John, John Dore was the host. Right. Right. And he was like, he, he, he was like, yeah, if you, if you get nervous, you can just pull out your piece of paper. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. And, uh, and I, I, I pulled out my piece of paper and, uh, and my, my finger, my hand was shaking, and the whole piece of paper was shaking in front of the audience. And then, uh, and I, I told him another joke, and just nothing. And I think after three minutes, I just, I just left the stage. I went, I'm by, and I like, and I went, I went to the green room, and I just put my hands in my head, and I was like, thank God, thank God, no one saw that. And then I left. Then I, I left. I left the green room and my girlfriend was in the back of the room and she looked shocked. <laughs> she somehow figured out where I was and went to go support me. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I was just having this conversation with, uh, with Patrick Coppolino the other day about, uh, why amateur comics bring their family and friends and, and usually like a, like a shitload of people they actually bring. I'm not quite understand. Never understood well, like, that. You have like, there, there are bringer shows where right. it's like, you know, I'm trying to sell to out this room over here. Bring people to get stage time because right. you're not very good. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think he. I think Patrick was saying like, not only are you, you know, a lot of people bring him just because they think like, oh, yeah, well, they're going to give me the, you know, the pity laughs if I don't do well. But, mm -hmm. but he's like, imagine the look on people's faces when their own family and friends don't fucking laugh at anything that you're saying up on stage. That's even worse. Yeah, that's even worse. But hey, man, like since then you've you've had a pretty. 
a pretty amazing career. I mean, you you were nominated uh, to 2013 Canadian Comedy Award for Best Breakout Artist. Uh, you won the Just for Laughs 2013 Homegrown Comic Competition. You were a runner-up. Very, I mean, amazing, uh, very prestigious Seattle International Comedy Competition back in 2013. Um pretty amazing man I, when did everything start to start like transforming for you? i was also nominated for best male comedian last year don't forget that where, where, where oh really that's canadian stand-up uh canadian comedy awards oh wow no shit no shit yeah i'm actually i'm just kidding i don't give a shit if you forget it <laughs> you're supposed to laugh it sounds good time, man then it sounded too real it sounded like i really i was like don't forget that yeah no i was like oh shit <laughs> didn't do my research properly didn't do it didn't take prima donna <laughs> <laughs> yeah let me speak to your producer you guys left this out you son of a bitch yeah what uh yeah. when did everything start to, to start to evolve for me i mean how long did you do the comedy before you realized like this could be your career for me um uh well i i guess i never really was sure for the first two years right I think I think maybe a year and a half in, I was like, I, I think I could make a living doing this. Yeah. And then by the second year, I was like, oh, I'm gonna fucking make a living at this because people I know that I'm as good as right. are making a living. And then, um, yeah, I just was pretty focused from day one. I I, I like figured out how the structure works, the hierarchy works, and you know. That's pretty, we'll you know. Took it from there, I just tried to try to kick kick off the the boxes, make goals, and right. You know, it's 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 a very interesting career choice. I mean, for a lot of people, which I think a lot of people on the outside of the comedy world don't understand. You know, uh, you're really signing up for a lifetime of of you know really not knowing what your financial situation is going to be. A lot of sleeping on couches, a lot of traveling, a lot of. Uh, late nights and uh you know late late mornings and and plane rides and all that type of stuff did you did you know like once you got into this line of work like this was i'm gonna have to put in quite a bit of time in order to to get where i want to go yeah um i i guess so i i uh it, it's i don't mind putting in time because i love it right. you know i i really hate office jobs and i i they're, i'm just not mentally built for it i can't right turn off my brain that long and I, I can't do something I, I'm not, I don't love. Right. And I mean, I have a girlfriend who has an office job and she loves it because she gets to be creative and she gets to be smart and make decisions. You sure. Know? And, and, but I, I just, I could never see myself being put in that position in an office just cause I'm, I'm just not good. I'm not organized, but I don't care mm -hmm. and I'm grumpy and I, I don't, agree and I'm a loud mouth and I'm you know mean if I don't like somebody and I, I can't not be me I know I just I I don't I can't I can't not be myself so I just I looked at it like I have no choice and right. I kind of don't have a choice and I love what I do so I, I don't mind putting in time because it's fun the whole thing is fun I don't work I just don't work I mean I work I, I, I do some emailings sure you know I, I you know I do a lot of like like schlepping around running a small business kind of right, stuff, right. you know, that's, that's kind of, but that's kind of fun because it's my own business, right. you know, it's my enterprise. So yeah. I care. It's, it's more interesting to me because I, I'm, it, 
the I'm the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not it's fun to put in time into something you like. It's like building um, a model train set in your basement. It's like you go down there. That's your little refuge. Well, I get to do that for my life. You know. Right. What was I get, the, I get to put time in? Yeah. What was your family and friends thinking when you decided to make that that career choice? What was I mean, obviously coming from you know a couple of universities and and all that type of stuff. Were they were they cautious for you? Were they were they pretty supportive? My my parents were always like, do whatever you want as long as you get a degree. Right. And um, and I don't think that they thought that I would do this. <laughs> you know, I think they had thought maybe I'd like you know, fuck off and get drunk for, and get high for a few years, but right. not just my, you know, do comedy, which yeah. is worse. You know? <laughs> but it, they're, they're proud of me. They're proud of me because I don't know. I, I know how much money I'm going to make. Like I reached a level where I know I can make a decent living until I'm retired. Sure. It's just, I don't, you know, I, it's, it's, I'm not, if I stay at this level, you know, unless like big breaks happen, right? you know, I'm going to, there's, there's no like automatic pay raise coming. Yeah. I have to, I have to like through sheer will and force and work and make myself to the next level, right. you know, which is also fun. You know, it's also fun to know, to, it's, there's something depressing to me about having a regular job and knowing how much you're going to make. Right, right. I could be the idea that I could be a millionaire next week is exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I. You know what? I, I, I get that because, like, you know, I, I worked in law enforcement for a long time, and, and God knows that's mm-hmm. a fucking horrible line of work. But, but I remember sitting there mm-hmm. talking to some of these guys, and I just like, you know, in the locker room or, or you know, and whatever, and just looking at them and saying, like, so what are you going to do after this? And they're like, what are you talking about? This is it. This is what I'm going to be doing for the next 30 years of my life. I know exactly what my trajectory is going to be yeah. for a career. And you yeah. you kind of accept the fact. I think there's a kind of acceptance of fate there where you're like, listen, I'm going to be in this. You know, There's probably going to be a very little to no chance I'm ever going to get above this certain pay grade. Uh, and, yeah. and that's just it. And, and I think, you know, especially with this line of work, you, that's the thing you never know. You never know who's watching. You never know what's going to, going to be offered to you in the next week or so is it, speaking of that, those opportunities though, you know, you, you, you kind of hit the ceiling in Canada. Did, did you feel like, like you needed to make that move yeah. down to Los Angeles in order for, for those opportunities to start hitting you? Um, it- I think that I don't know if I I I, I was just feeling for stand up pure stand up. Mm-hmm. I think that there were a lot of opportunities for me in Canada um, that are still there, even though like that I'm down here. Right. I could still pursue. I'm st- you know I'm still thinking of, of sh- pitching shows up there and stuff like that to people. Right. And, and in a way, when you move down to the states, it's in any sort of business, not just stand up, not just not just entertainment business, but if. Is if a Canadian moves to America and does well, or even if does okay, your profile is heightened in Canada. Mm-hmm. Canadians have a huge insecurity, and when you do when you do well in America, they're like, "Oh, well, you made it there!" And they, oh, I, it's so much bigger, blah blah blah, you know. And and and, and you do better. You just right. have more opportunity. So it's almost like better for me to work in Canada if I move down here. Right. Right. It's it, it it's like it I it's like that in in any business, sure. not just not just entertainment. It's weird. 
and and I I get it in a way. I mean, you're kind of it kind of makes sense in a way. Like it is a bigger market out here. You're up against literally ten times more mm-hmm. talent in any field you go into and competition. And if you can eke out a a, a decent living, you know, it's, it's I guess it's a little more impressive. But I just felt like I had to move down here because I knew I I knew. Like I knew best case scenario, mm-hmm. um, what my life would be is pretty great up in Canada. Right. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm in a pretty, I'm in like a, a business where you shoot for the stars. Sure. Why limit myself? You know, yeah. why I could be Jerry D in Canada or I could be, you know, Amy Schumer in America. Right. You know? Right. Why don't you think Canada has that ability? I mean, we've got very talented people. We've got, I mean, some of the people I've talked to and I've got to know, you know, and no, this is, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not, I'm not, you know, cheating on Jerry D. I think. No, no, no. Amazing. Yeah. No, no. He's got an amazing career. Huge talent. And and, and I really. He deserves it. Yeah. But I I agree with you in a sense that, that, I mean, if you have the opportunity to be in Canada and produce content and to, and to make a great name for yourself and to get, you know, your own sitcom and all that type of stuff. I mean, I think a lot of people would stay in, in Canada if those opportunities presented themselves more often, but it doesn't seem to be like that in Canada. And, and I don't want to come well, off it, like it, I'm knocking it. Because it but... we, it's, it's because we speak English with almost an American accent. Right. We can get content that speaks to us from America that is way better funded. Sure. It's, it's not about, it's about, it's about like we, what the average Canadian consumes content wise. Right. You know, we just can't compete because America produces so much stuff that we like with a bigger budget. Right. Right. Quebec, obviously it doesn't make, it doesn't speak to them because they don't speak the same language. Right. Britain, it's not the same accent. It's a very much more different culture. You know, they, they, they're, makes more Australia, right. different accent. It's like we, we it, it, you know, they still obviously both those countries, English speaking, they consume a lot of American content, but they need something that speaks to them more. And Canadian, Canada is a very different country with a different culture, but it is much closer to America than Britain or Australia. You know, it just is. Yeah, always I mean, pretty been. much any other country out there. I think Canada is probably the closest. Yeah, it's like Austria and Germany and Canada and the U.S. Right, you know, it's right. pretty close. Yeah. You know, it's so it's just, it, 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 I I think it's, I I don't know. It, there's a bunch of reasons. I think that the industry in Canada, I think that the main reason, mm-hmm. and that's not anybody's fault, is what I just described. Right. No one's at fault for that. That's just sure. a numbers game, and it's a small country by a big country. Yeah. But I also think that. I think it's changing now a bit with like letter candy and shows like that coming out. Right. Uh, but the, for all Canadians don't want to take a risk. Right. You know, like I, 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 my, my Canadian agent didn't believe in me. I felt, mm-hmm. you know, in my, my acting one, right. you know, as my, I mean, she did a bit, but she wasn't like, wow, you're really talented. And my American agent, who's way bigger, you know, one of like top agents in, in LA, right. was like, man, you're really talented. Like she was pumped, you know? Yeah. She was excited to find somebody new. 
Right, right. You know, because there's there's there's, there's a way there's there's way because of how big the industry is there's is here there's way more wiggle room to take financial wiggle room to take a, to take a risk. Whereas sure. in Canada, you have one shot as a producer to make something. Right. You know, you don't want to take a risk on you, and then it fails, and you take a risk on somebody. Graham K, who's never been in a show before, right. and it fails, then you get fired. You exactly. know, so I, I, I get that too. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think, I think now that there's more networks up in Canada, and there's more like web-based content being right. produced, that I think people are starting to take more risks and stuff like that. And it's also like a good, like, like making your own web content and seeing it take off is a good sort of um, uh, litmus test for networks to go, okay, well, we can, we can take a risk on these newcomers because their YouTube videos have like 10 million. Right. Which is what happened to Letterkenny. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, cool. You know? So it, I don't know. I really don't think, I think, I don't think in the grand scheme of things, it's anybody's fault. I do wish that Canadian producers and agents and stuff like that would be willing to take a bigger risk. And I think that's a common complaint amongst, you know, um, uh, talent, I yeah, guess. Absolutely. You know, in Canada, and 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 it just it just it's very. It, I also I I just think in in America people, I think are a little more willing to take risks across the board. Sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good perspective on it actually and 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 you know i enjoy talking to people that that kind of have that experience of, of you know taking off down to the states and, and looking back at the canadian market and what's missing and you know what the holes in the game are speaking of your move down to la what has your reception been like down there and and, and how have you found your experiences uh my reception is really good i mean i'm really i i know more people in new york and i think that that helped me here because I have a bit of a reputation in New York, so right. I'm not, I wasn't starting cold, mm-hmm. uh, and some people had heard of me, and it was easier for me to get on shows. And um, but I knew the first year, despite all that, was going to be a bit of a, a, a slugfest. Right. When you you know starting over, every Canadian comic who comes down to L.A. or New York experiences that because our our credits aren't transferable. No one cares. Right about any of our credits maybe just just for laughs people care about that and um so you kind of have to start from scratch and basically it's all merit-based which is nice in a way you know you go on stage and you do well and they go he's really good you know right so you, it's it's frustrating but it's also fun to surprise people and get on these shows and kind of like where'd this guy come from yeah, I was gonna. Nice. Yeah, because I know that you know a lot of comedians down, you know, Canadian comedians, or, or even just you know comedians that are not naturally from Los Angeles. I've I've heard this before, where you know they go down and there's there's a certain pecking order. I mean, you you can be very you know big and popular from where you're from, but when you go to L.A. and you show up to do a spot and you got you know names that have been in the industry for you know 20 years and people that have you know very credentialed back you know backgrounds and stuff like that is that intimidating yeah. at all or does that push you to perform better i think it pushes you to perform better um for sure i think that you you have to get a little chip on your shoulder which is good right and uh it makes you want to be like like make them notice yeah and it took me, you know, a few months, and it, it and it and it's 
it paid off, and it's 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 like I'm a guy down here that everybody knows now. It's nice. Right. I can go to any show and people will know me. And um, yeah, there's more and more of us coming. There's a bunch of us moving down. Yeah, it seems like that. Is there is there any there's type a bunch of, that uh... just moved down in the past year, and then there's like a bunch that are coming down. Yeah, I and think because uh... and it's not, and it's not and it's not it's not a huge indictment of Canada. I uh, I think it's just because you know if you could try. Why not shoot for the stars? We're already doing something ridiculous. Sure. Why limit her? Why play conservative at a ridiculous game? Right, right. You know? Yeah. All in, man. All in. All in. Yeah. That should be the title of your next comedy album. All in. That's probably <laughs> the name of <laughs> You're like, listen. All in. You're like, listen, asshole. Wish I had more, though. <laughs> Wish I had more to put all in. <laughs> Oh man! So is there is there like this uh, kind of cool eclectic group of Canadians that all hang out together down in L.A. at diners and and everybody shoots the shit? Or is yeah, it... they there totally is. There totally is. There's totally like, uh, you know, there's this comic named John Chappell from Toronto who moved down here with his wife, right? And uh, my buddy Eddie Delaseppi, yeah, great guy, he's a really funny uh, Toronto guy. He 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 lives down here. He's in the, he he. He moved down here before uh, most of us. Yeah, John Chabot was the first. He moved down with his wife. Right. And John Chabot, John Chabot's wife got a good job. And John Chabot and his wife had an apartment. They sold this apartment with a spare room. Right. And then Eddie stayed there. Then Dave Mahaj stayed there. Then I stayed there. Um, Alex Pavone stayed there, oh, and, and, and it, like Eddie's the underground like, railroad of, uh, of Canadian. Yeah, comics, he's, so. he's like the, he's the Oscar Schindler for Canadian <laughs> comics <laughs> in LA. The Oscar yeah. Schindler, that's dynamite. <laughs> <man. laughs> it's like when you first move down, you don't know what to, you know. You yeah, find a place. You got there's so much paperwork. It's but, just but, two weeks of just paperwork. Right. I right. still don't even have a driver's license. <laughs> I, I almost got my car taken away from me the other day. Oh, really? and, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so it's like you, you gotta, you gotta, you need, you need to, you need a, a safe place, comfortable place, good landing pad, cheap rent. Yeah, yeah. You like a month uh, or two to figure it out. That's uh, yeah, man. That's uh, that's kind of cool to hear that though. You know that there's uh, you know, a lot of Canadians helping each other out down there. And, and is are, well, yeah, well, it, it, I I love Canada and I miss Canadian. Yeah, so much. You know, I miss hanging out with Canadians, so it's really nice to have friendly faces down here. Yeah, and um, and somebody who understands what you what you're going through. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome, man. So, so what's up next for you? Do you want to? I mean, obviously, your you know your passion is stand up comedy. Are you? Do you want to get more? Because I mean, you've you've had some you know really good TV appearances, and and uh, you've been on Strombo. You've been on. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Drew's, I mean, you've done a ton of stuff. Is, is this, do you want to get more into the acting side of things? You want to get into TV and, and, and yeah, that I mean, that, that's stuff? sort of why that's uh, in a way why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I mean, I'm stand up's my, my favorite. Um, I like that. You just sort of, you're like, you're like an, an auteur in a way, yeah. you know, there's no one telling you what to do and it's all you, but I, I like being funny anyway, like any kind of way. And, um, I don't know. I uh, this is a place to experiment it with different ways, and a lot of people want to make videos out here, and it's a really creative environment. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, that douchey side of LA, but the other side, which is just as prevalent, even more prevalent, is just a bunch of creative people who want to make content. 
Right. They just love movies, you know? And so it's exciting that way. Yeah. And yeah, my, you know, my agent's down here and she wants, you know, she's sending me out for stuff all the time and, you know, had a couple of close calls, but nothing yet, but that's fine. It's just acting, you know, acting for me is like bonus. If I like were to land a role, it'd be a huge bonus. Yeah. I'm still trucking along with my stand up. That's what I'm learning I love about being a stand up is like you're not just an actor. It's like actors are like literally like everything's riding riding on these auditions. Like, sure. You know, I'm like, oh, I could take it. I mean, it'd be nice if I had it, but I still got stand up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean and hey, I mean you're never that far away from the douchiness of LA. I mean, you're just what, fifty minutes down the four oh five from from uh, yeah. tons of douchiness. <laughs> I used to live down in Venice Beach, right, right on the cusp of Venice Beach in Santa Monica. And uh, nice, yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, it was right off of. Oh man, what was the street? It. Uh, I still have my driver's. I look black in my driver's license because it was. I just remember getting so beaten down with a tan over there. But it was just right off of West. Uh, well, I lived on Westminster Avenue, and it was. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, right on the corner of Westminster and Pacific, actually. Just right down. That's right awesome. It's like a block oh, by the beach. That's a great spot. Yeah, it was really good. But I mean, yeah. rent is like three grand. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, you know. You live by a paradise. Exactly. Exactly. But people, people take vacations to like where you were yeah. for, for your life. Yeah. It's always the backdrop <laughs> like where you were of buying some horrible reality. Or... It's like where people live. <laughs> so what's up next for Graham K? Where can we, uh, where can we see you? Uh, I, I love your, uh, your uh, Twitter. It's a shame you don't have more followers because you... You got some funny shit, man. Thanks, man. I got really a tweet funny more. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's, that's just really what nice it is. Say. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, where it's hard to tweet? Yeah, it, it. You know, it's uh, it's. There's so many different social media platforms nowadays. You're just like Jesus Christ. Which one do I hit up first? But, but are you? Do you got more and more dates coming up? What's what's going on? I do have more dates coming up. Um, I mean, I got a bunch of shows in L.A. Um, my next Canadian, uh, appearance will be at the Ottawa Yuck Yucks going home for Christmas. Nice. Um, the December 17th, 18th and 19th, Ottawa Yuck Yucks. And then, um, then back to the grind. Perfect. I got a thing called, uh, I think I'm going to go to New York yeah. in J- January. I'll spend like a week or two in New York doing some gigs there. And, um, I do. I normally perform at the Stand in New York, right? Which is a really great comedy club. If you're ever in New York, check out the Stand. Oh boy, I've never really been. Awesome. Yeah, I've never been to New York, but I've interviewed a lot of comics out there, and they all just seem to speak very highly of that place for some reason. Yeah, it seems like a good good spot. Yeah, it's 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 like run by people who who listen, who they they care about comedy. They're right. comedy nerds, right? You know, and then they started a comedy club and they, no one listens to comedians about how to, I'm not going to tell you to run your finances, but I can, like, I know how lighting should work. I know how sound should work. I know how seating should work. Right. I know how the ceiling should be. I know everything. And, And they listen to that stuff and it's great. Like, like. The, the Yucky Yucks in Calgary, mm-hmm. they listened to that stuff, and it is an amazing club. Yeah. That's such a good club. Yeah. I've had some of my favorite sets there. Yeah, it is it is a dynamite club, man. Everybody speaks very highly of uh, of the Calgary one, and, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's just the way that the room's set up. The crowd is always, you know, really good, very receptive, and, and uh, it's a good, good yeah. place to be. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And of course, so you got a great website, man, Comedy by the Gram. And, uh, is it dumb? No, it's great, man. I like it. I like You've got some dumb? great. No, are you kidding me? That's how I order everything nowadays, is by the gram. Uh, <laughs> but the pictures are dynamite, man. You got this one where you're just sitting there uh, looking like it's on a. Well, it looks like Venice Beach because you've got the cholo in the background and you got a bottle of JD. Or it looks like New York, possibly. I'm not sure quite where it is. There's a yellow yeah, license plate it's in the in background. It's in Queens. Yeah. In Queens, New York. Yeah. And my buddy, um, Carmelo Donato, who's a really talented uh, photographer, he actually is living in New York, but he, he's from Montreal. Oh, no way. He's like a fashion photographer. So yeah. he, like, he like literally takes pictures of like topless models for a living. That's and then amazing. I was like, can you take a break from that and take a picture of me <laughs> drinking Jack? Yeah. <laughs> In uh, in the ghetto place <laughs> for free, I'll buy you a sandwich. I'll buy you a sandwich. Oh I'm man, like, right. shit. Well, hey man, it's it, I'm glad we finally got to connect. I'd love to have you back on the show, and uh, when you come back up to Calgary, maybe we can meet next time in person. And uh, yeah, hey, I'd man. love to. Yeah, I'm I mean, sorry, can... I uh, was all over the place. No, that's fine. It was a busy, busy weekend, and uh, you were, from what I heard, you were crushing it down there at Yuck Yucks, man, so that's nothing better than that. You can check out Graham K. on Twitter, at Graham K. Comedy, and of course, uh, mm-hmm. his website, Comedy by the Graham. Uh, Graham, hey, man, thanks for doing the show with me, man. I really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate what Yuck Yucks uh, has done for me and continues to do for me. Well, yeah. I'll say that. We'll leave it at that. They're, they're I mean, like... The, I mean, I'm sure like they 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 save money by hiring Canadian comics, but they still hire pretty much exclusively Canadian comics. And it, and like maybe I would have figured it out independently on the independent circuit, but it really helped me learning. I'm, I can headline. Yeah. I, I'm a good headliner. Yeah. And a lot of my American friends aren't good headliners because they didn't have that opportunity that I had. Yeah, yeah. I, I've 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 recently, you know, really found that out that the, the general consensus is that yuck yucks, you know, they really fine tune the talent before they, you know, they really bring them from opener to middle to uh, to headliner and, and yeah, they got they they do have a good system. Yeah, if you can break in and you can you can if you can be good and 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 make yourself um, distinct, right? Not just fall back into the pack of all the other people, then you can. You can do well there. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say on that. I, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. All right, folks, and there you have it, the Graham K interview. What did I tell you? Smart, fun, sexy, man's man. Graham K, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Hey, like I said on the beginning of the show, stay tuned. we got some great episodes coming up, uh, some amazing interviews coming your way. I promise you that. Stay tuned. Thanks for the support. Make sure to tweet us, hashtag YYCP. Any questions, concerns, comments, good ones can go to me. The bad ones can go to executive producer Kira Williams. Speaking of which, on behalf of myself, your host, Jake Hirsch, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer Kira Williams, and, of course, our webmaster, the webmistress, Camille on the one, twos, and threes. That's right. Stay tuned, folks. We will see you next week.